Hey everybody, it's Bo. Um, I just wanted to give you some quick updates on some stuff I've been working on outside of Listener Beware before we jump into tonight's episode. So you probably noticed on recent podcasts I've been talking about big developments coming and I'm really excited because it's finally time to fill you all in on what I've been working on. So if you open up your browser right now and go to LazySharkProductions.com, you are going to be looking at the brand new home of Listener Beware. Um, Lazy Shark's going to be the banner that I do all my work under now. It's going to be my brand name. So you'll want to go ahead and uh, bookmark Lazy Shark. Um, and what's really exciting is Lazy Shark's not just going to be a surrogate for Listen Beware. Uh, I have really other exciting projects that I'm working on. So uh, in addition to uh, Listen Beware, I have two new podcasts that I'm working to launch right now. Um, you can read a little more about them on the website, but just to give you a quick info here, um, one is called 1001 or Die, and that's going to be uh, a solo podcast, just me. Um, and you've probably seen before those books that are 1001 movies to see before you die. Um, and I'm a big movie guy, but I've never really studied film, uh, so I really have a real armchair perspective on it. And I thought, what better way to better myself uh, in that area than to watch the greatest movies ever made? Uh, so on 1001 or Die, you're going to be journeying along with me as I watch 1001 of the greatest movies ever made, um, giving my perspective and feedback and just my gut reaction to them. Uh, and so I'm really excited about that because it is a great excuse to kick back and watch some awesome movies. And uh, I hope you guys will enjoy sharing that experience with me. The other show that I'm going to be starting is called The Cartoon Kids Club. And I'm really excited about this one because my co-host on that show is going to be my sister, Allie, um, who grown up together. We watched a ton of cartoons. Uh, we still to this day love watching and talking about cartoons together. Um, so on The Cartoon Kids Club, every episode, we're going to be taking a look at a different cartoon series. There'll be really old stuff. There'll be stuff that still has new episodes coming out uh, and everything in between. So we'll be watching the shows. We'll be looking into the history, how the show got made, interesting trivia you might want to know. Um, and we'll be talking about what it's like to go back and watch some of these shows as adults, whether they're shows we've watched just, uh, when we were kids or if they're shows that kids are watching now. Um just giving our perspective is two 20-somethings who are still into cartoons and love talking about them. So once again, um, head on over to LazySharkProductions.com. That's where you're going to find all the info on Listen Beware, as well as our new shows, 1001 or Die, and the Cartoon Kids Club. Uh, and one other really exciting thing that we're going to have going on is um, I'm going to be starting a Patreon there. Uh, if you don't know what Patreon is, uh, it's a great way for people who... Um, love the content that they're seeing online to um, kick a little money to the way of the developers of that content. Um, stuff like Listen Beware and all these other podcasts are a real passion project for me, uh, but they're things that I do outside of my career. Um, and so when the chips are down, I, I sometimes unfortunately have to put stuff like this on the back burner a little bit, which I hate to do. Um, what Patreon is going to allow me to do is to um, really justify and invest more time into the work that I put into all the shows, uh, as well as to invest in new equipment uh, and all the kind of st uh, st uh, cost and all that kind of stuff that comes along with doing podcasts and creating this kind of content. Uh, so you can uh, go to the Patreon and you can pledge um, to give 
um, an amount of money every month. It can be as low as $1. Um, and even a dollar a month from a couple of people is going to just do wonders in terms of what I'll be able to turn around and then invest back into um, all the great Lazy Shark productions that we're going to be doing. So um, one more time, LazySharkProductions.com. Go check it out. If you love what we do and you want to kick a little bit of money uh, our way, go to the Patreon, sign up. We would just be eternally grateful for that. Um, And all of that said, uh, on with the show. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. A Goosebumps podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Listener Beware, a Goosebumps podcast. I am your host, Bo Bradley, and of course joining me is Lauren Parker. Lauren, how are you doing? I am doing well today. How are you, Bo? I'm great. This is We've tried to record this a few times now, and the gods of technology <laughs> have not made it easy for us. No, I think they didn't want this episode to get out. They knew it would be too special and that no one could handle it. So there's been a lot of divine intervention. That's right. Or or there's just some like evil force in the universe that's, you know, they don't want it spilling the secrets. Yep. So we sacrificed heavily uh, to appease the internet gods. And here we are. Blood stained up to our elbows, but recording. So, mm-hmm. so did you have a good Halloween bow? I, I did. It was fairly low key. Um, you know, I've had a busy year, but, um, you know, I'm always happiest around Halloween. Um, and more importantly, the day after Halloween, I got some really good markdown sales on uh, some Halloween merch. I went to my local Halloween store um, the ne- very next day, November 1st, and there was like a line of people outside when I got there, like waiting for the store to open. And I don't know what these people do whether they're just like Halloween fans on a scale that I can't even comprehend or they like run a haunted house attraction, but they Mm -hmm. opened the doors and these people like flooded in and they started grabbing all the huge like animatronic stuff and forming these massive piles of boxes that had to be like thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And I like Mm -hmm. grabbed a little basket and I went around and bought some like little things and some little like hats and costume accessories and, filled up my Mm -hmm. little basket you know which totaled out to like 38 dollars and these people are like i gotta get all the you know creepy little baby dolls that crawl around and like they're like pulling stuff off the shelves so so that was a weird experience but you know Hmm. but happy halloween i watched some good movies i always try to do like a little movie marathon i didn't go you know there wasn't a lot to see in theaters this year um I did catch earlier um, that month, uh, they re-released the original Phantasm in, with like a 4K re- restoration, and Phantasm is one of my favorite film series. And then right after that, they released like the fifth and final one in the series that this finally come out after like many, many years. So I saw both of those, which was really cool. I saw the new uh, Japanese Godzilla uh, called Shin Godzilla or Godzilla Resurgence. That's like the American title. Uh, and it was great and very like weird. Um, if you're an anime person, uh, the person who directed it was, uh, I think his name's Hideki Anno. Uh, he's the guy who did Evangelion, 
which is a big crazy anime series that I've never seen, but a lot of people, it's like their bread and butter. He was the one who directed it. So he had a very different take on Godzilla, which was really funny and dark uh, and very cool. So there was all that. How about you, Lauren? Did you do anything neat this Halloween? Okay, so the day of, a friend of mine came over, and we got some Indian food, and we watched a, um, it was a, this made me think of you so much. It was a tournament where women on teams beat each other up in, like, medieval-style padding and and, um, weaponry. Wow. It's great. Ukraine was kicking ass. Is this, this is like a real deal competitive thing? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a real thing. It's super real. Oh, cool. Um, I'll I'll send you the YouTube video because you're going to love it. And then last night, actually, so, uh, well, well, okay. So then I went to a Day of the Dead reading because my partner uh, is very celebrating Day of the Dead and he's Hispanic. And so we did that and that was lovely. Very cool. And then last night I went to a vampire ball. Oh, very nice. It was lovely. Uh, and I got recommendations of where to buy custom fangs, so I will be ordering some. <laughs> I, I watched a whole thing about that a while back, how they do those custom fangs. It's fascinating, and you, I never realized how much work goes into it, but it is very cool. And you can get really... So there's the cap ones that you can kind of get at your local store, but right. these are ones that are kind of built as a dental bridge, and those are the ones, of course, that I right. want. Right. See, I, I just always go in for the ones you get at like 12 for a dollar at the dollar store, like the plastic, you know, glow in the dark. You just yeah. pop them in and they get all saliva-y and then you like spit them out and then you put them back in a few minutes later when they're cold and saliva-y and you just enjoy them that way. That's what I'm down with. Mm-hmm. Well, Lauren, we're we're not here specifically to talk about Halloween even though our uh, Goosebumps book for today is very Halloween-y. Mm-hmm. Um, Halloween-y. I love that word. Um, <laughs> so we're, of course, doing uh, The Haunted Mass today. And uh, that is Goosebumps number... Oh, let me redo that. And uh, we're, of course, doing The Haunted Mass today, which is Goosebumps number 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of the big ones. I would say. Mm-hmm. I'd say this is probably the most iconic one. Like, even though Slappy is definitely up there, I think Haunted Mask was the one that, like, I saw the rerun of the show on television a lot, and I, I saw, um, oh, usually at the book fair. Yes. Well, I was going to say, I just remember the VHS tape of the episode. Yeah. Like, every video store, you probably checked it out a bunch of times. I always, like, knew kids that had it. I just remember watching it at other kids' house all the time. Um, just popping that VHS tape in. It was like a two-part episode, right? And, uh... Yeah, it's definitely, like, the Abbey Road of, of Goosebumps. There, oh, that is the perfect comparison. <laughs> and it, it's that sort of iconic image that sort of... Tra- even if you're not a fan, you've seen this one before. Um, and, of course, uh, the Haunted Mask um, became one of the, sort of the hallmarks of the Goosebumps series. You had, um... According to the wiki, uh, Haunted Mask, Haunted Mask 2, the Haunted Mask lives in the scream of the Haunted Mask. Uh, It showed up in the movie, of course. Uh, They did a Goosebumps Most Wanted Haunted Mask. Um, So it's really one of the iconic images. I mean, there's even, if, if you go onto the wiki, this is great. You can see all the, like, products that feature the Haunted Mask. So everything from like a latex 
mask, kind of like some crappy looking ones uh, up to, I think my favorite, there's like a, there's a door knocker mm-hmm. that is, I'm assuming it's some sort of electronic, probably plays like a really stupid sound effect. Um, but I, I think part of what makes this so cool is, um, you know, it has that Halloweeny vibe of, of the mask. You probably have like remem- remembered going to the store and like looking at the latex mask and trying them on. And um, apparently the story was inspired um, when, uh, from a time when R.L. Stein's son put on a mask uh, for Halloween. And then he had a lot of trouble getting it off. It was like stuck to his face. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've definitely had that experience before. I always thought the latex masks were gross and kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I never, so yeah, for, for Halloween, I never really got much into proper masks other than masquerade masks, probably because right. they are so clammy. You're just going to be marinating in your own juices. Right. They're sweaty and they're hard to see out of. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I remember like putting them on, I had like an alien one that I remember using from time to time and it was always like claustrophobic. Um, yeah i remember like if i wore one for halloween about 20 minutes in i was like it was like stuffed in my bag i didn't want to wear it anymore maybe i'd like throw it on when i went up to the door or something like that but i also had this really weird experience when i was a kid um where i was with my mom and we were at odd lots as it was called at the time now called Mm -hmm. big lots right um and it was pre-halloween and i was looking at all their cheap halloween stuff and um, I remember putting this mask on and I don't have a latex allergy to my knowledge, but for whatever reason, this cheap rubber mask, I put it on and it made my face burn like acid. Ooh. It was no, it was super weird. It was like, I mean, it was it was like Goosebumps level of weird where like I pulled this mask off and for like an hour afterwards I had this like horrible reaction to it. And so um, I just, I always think like to this day, if I have to go put on a pair of like latex gloves for some purpose, I Mm -hmm. always think about that. I think like this will be the time it'll come back and like my hands will shrivel and burn. Mm -hmm. So I've never been super fond of, uh, of the mask. I like to go look at them, but I mean, I have, I have a couple of uh, the Friday the 13th, like hockey masks but that's kind of a different deal i mean those are nice because they kind of strap on i I think that's more versatile and i don't really i mean i don't wear them i just have them on like fake heads um you know to sort of like display them you know because there's so many versions like a collection i guess Mm -hmm. um but very normal very very normal of course right uh of course my apartment right now like two feet from me are a ton of animal skulls so i guess i don't really get to talk (laughs) <laughs> if you have a goosebumps themed podcast you're already kind of yeah. uh, on the weird end of the spectrum i think that's true but uh goosebumps number 11 haunted mask uh came out in september of 93 which i think is awesome it's right into that halloween season you can see the like hardcore goosebumps kids getting this and being like oh yeah halloween this is gonna be awesome um and uh we're gonna we'll jump into the plot here, but I do want to talk about the cover a little bit because it's a simple cover. Um, I'm just talking about the old school um, Tim Jacobus artwork cover. Simple cover, a mm-hmm. uh, little kid holding up this green 
monster you know it's the haunted mask i'd say it kind of looks like a monster like a goblin or something yeah but man is that an effective image because because she's she's wearing like overalls like it's it's actually very like it's very early 90s late 80s like it's she is just like supposed to be one of us she is girl next door for sure and you can tell just for whatever reason you can tell it's a little kid like it's not yeah not even like a preteen like this is like a five or a six-year-old girl is what it looks like to me mm-hmm. just like some little innocent little kid and then this mask is like most decidedly evil and it looks alive yeah, it, it it does. It just has the really nice sheen on it, which is interesting because it goes on to be represented in basically every other form, in just some of the worst artwork I've ever seen. Yes, this this is one. If you're a fan of the international covers, <laughs> uh, look up look up the Goosebumps wiki. <laughs> the French one's really funny. Wait, let me find that one. It's basically like a sock with hair that a a a. Like a 1980s secretary is pulling over her yeah. head. Yeah, and it looks like a, like a crappy like witch mask, I would say. Kind of like the, the big nose and like the pimples and the crazy hair. Um, I, the one from the UK is really creepy, but like in a dinosaurs kind of way. You know what, you know what she looks like is a garbage pail kid on the UK yeah, cover. Yeah, she totally looks like a garbage pail kid. Just like the alligator girl, which I, I've i never liked the garbage pail kids. That's that, Is she surrounded by water or eyeballs? You know, I, I have a UK cover one, and they're all kind of like that. This like weird, just like bubbly, liquid, goo background. It's a very strange uh, aesthetic. Um, the Dutch cover is super creepy. Yeah, it's super, super funny. It looks, it looks like someone in a trench coat with a potato sack over their head. Um, then you have, then you have, um, like the newer cover, which is kind of, kind of funny. It's, it's cartoony. It's, it's a couple of trick-or-treaters being chased by some kid who's wearing the haunted mask. Um, I, it's, it's light. I mean, it's definitely a much lighter take because the mask isn't really terribly unsettling. Yeah, the problem the problem I think with the artwork for this is that when the, the that when the mask mask is being described as we'll unpack in the kind of the plot a little bit, but when the mask is being described, it's sort of like you can you can imagine your scariest thing. You can project whatever it is onto it. Um and when you've got the visual in front of you, it kind of takes away that aspect. And so if you're not afraid of any of these visuals, it kind of takes you right out of the experience. Exactly. Um but for my money, there's it's a toss-up between the best cover. There's an Indonesian version, <laughs> which is just insane. There's a huge spider. And just this like crazy, kind of like a Mr. Uh, Hyde face, I'd say. Like yeah, big teeth, totally. Very masculine. Like a big hand coming out of nowhere. Um, it is it is very strange cover. If, you know, and here, here's, I'll say this. I think things like uh, scary stuff, scary imagery is culturally specific sometimes. Yes. Um, So if we happen to have anybody that's an Indonesian listener or is familiar with Indonesian culture, and you can tell us why this is scary, I'd love to hear it. Um, That would be very interesting. That would be something that I could almost never find out on my own. Um, But what I would really love is if some Indonesian looked at it and they're like, yeah, this cover's dumb. (laughs) <laughs> this is this well, is just dumb that's kind of how we looked at the rest of them yeah so that would make sense it'd be fitting in theme it would be a good international company but i think i i think my favorite really looking at them here is the korean cover 
which is utterly terrifying. It's got a very strange art style. Um, a little kid and kind of looks like sort of like a school uniform. Yeah, with that is really this scary. Horrible white mask. And well, white this, people are scary. They're on this checkerboard like tiled floor and there's like ghosts or something in the background but just this horrible mask it's just yeah it's really awful. scary <laughs> so that's the haunted mask for you the end mm-hmm. um uh but uh if you watch the episode they do a little a slightly different take on the haunted the looks of the mask i don't i don't mm-hmm. love the one from the show i think it's pretty pretty tame uh-huh. I mean, we can get to the show because I, I watched it as well, um, and, and I, I do think that analyzing the book versus the show is going to go very different, but differently. But I have very similar reviews, if that makes okay. sense. Okay, save save your analysis. I will. Let's... I will. I'll just get us through the plot first. Yep. I'll try to be very like you know impartial, and then I will get to how I feel. Okay, let's take a quick break. Okay. Stretch our legs. Give everybody okay. time to look at all these insane covers yeah exactly palette cleanse please do please go and look at the covers and affix the image of your favorite one firmly in your mind's eye Mm -hmm. and when we come back from the break we will go through the plot Okay, do you have your mental image fixed firmly in your mind's eyes that burned into your mental chalkboard? I hope it is. Lauren, are you ready? What if you're what if you're a little bit more high tech than like mental chalkboard? What if I'm like, you know, full grown like full on television screen projection inside? That'll work. You can Okay. You can like etch it into your body with a sharp implement if you're that kind of a person um you can make like a mantra and repeat it you can have you heard of a tulpa do you know about the tulpa concept i don't tell me about it it's from uh like tibetan buddhism and and traditional Mm -hmm. um religions and it's where you focus on this idea so much that you bring it into existence like a physical form um, mm. And you can create, I hate to say it this, I hate to like use this uh, framing language, but like an imaginary friend, basically, like you can create a creature. Um, mm. And it's sort of this, it's, it is like a documented phenomenon where people have claimed to have these experiences where, you know, through like intense meditation and focus, they've created, you know, some sort of thing. Um, but people go on to say, you know. Well, like, I think an example that's great is people talk about this with Slender Man, which is something that the internet invented. But then people are like, enough people have like thought about it and focused on it and believe in it to where maybe now people could actually have like Slender Man sightings. And then you had those two crazy kids who like killed their friend and said it was like a Slender Man thing. I think they're just nuts. But um, Uh, it's tough to be a kid. So. Focus, but not too much. I don't want anybody to create a tulpa of the haunted mask. <laughs> that would be terrifying. All right, that really would be. All right, Lauren, you ready? Yes. Yeah, so let's jump into the plot here. 
Take it away. So our main our main character is named Carly Beth, and she is talking with her friend about trick or treating. Um, and and her best friend is named Sabrina, and so it's it's just a few days before Halloween. And Carly Beth is a quiet and and shy girl, and we we get her perspective. So this the, the perspective of the story is in, is in her head. She's easily scared, um, and and she's repeatedly humiliated by her friends. I put friends in quotation marks. Really, they're schoolyard bullies, Chuck and Steve. Uh, they call her a scaredy cat, and they kind of just sort of enjoy picking on her all the time. And after Steve tricks her into eating a sandwich that contains a live worm, Carly Beth sobs, you know, just sort of heads home in shame, and she's really seeking revenge. Her motivation it comes very quickly. She wants to scare Chuck and Steve on Halloween. Really? I mean, really, she should just beat him up. But that's oh my gosh, they're horrible, rotten, stinking children. Yeah. Anyway, like they're constantly touching her. Anyway, the, I, I, sorry. Go on. Guiding us back. At home, Carly Beth discovers that her mother has made a perfect likeness of Carly Beth's face from Plaster of Paris, and her mother, named Kate, says it's it's a symbol of her love for her. She made it because she loved her. So weird. <laughs> yeah. So Carly incredibly Beth. weird. <laughs> And just the delivery of the line, I made it because I love you, is just, it's like, she's got like a murder wall to Carly Beth, probably, you know. Uh, she's Carly Beth is also annoyed to discover that her mother has made her a duck costume, and it's not great. And so she's going as a duck for Halloween. She goes up to her bedroom where her little brother, Noah, has dressed up in, in the duck costume and still manages to frighten her, which is just insult to injury at this point. Or it's a really scary duck costume. I mean... <laughs> Duck? I don't know. <laughs> you know, ducks Ducks are scary. So I found out that apparently sometimes men calibrate, like, each other's masculinity by asking them how many ducks they could beat up. I've heard that, I've heard the thing that's like, would you rather fight, uh, like a, like a horse-sized duck or like a hundred duck-sized horses? Have you ever heard that? Horses. <laughs> horses any day. <laughs> or some, I don't remember how that goes. Yeah, no, so the, this duck thing is, is a big, so, so naturally finding out something like that, I, I had to go and start asking people how many ducks they could beat up. Uh, my, one of my very petite friends, uh, he said that he could beat up like 50. My sister said she thought she could take nine. Um, and my boyfriend thought he could take a solid 20. And then I asked like the biggest, scariest guy friend that I like know, like how many ducks he could beat up. And he's like, one, ducks are terrifying. <laughs> If it's like Donald Duck, that dude, <laughs> that, that dude goes off the rails. I wouldn't want to fight Donald Duck. <laughs> yeah, actually, I wonder if Donald Duck is supposed to be like an homage to some terrifying duck-related incident that the cartoonist originally had. I don't know. <coughs> anyway. Anyway. So Carly Beth kicks Noah out of her room, and she calls Sabrina. Uh, they talk about the cruel prank Steve played on her. Sabrina laughed at the joke, by the way showing that she's a very good friend. And Carly Beth swears she will never fall for another one of their stunts. When she talks about how she wants to buy a horrible mask from the new shop that just opened, it appeared out of nowhere. The day before Halloween at, at a science fair, Carly Beth is once again fooled by Steve when he pretends his tarantula has escaped. Carly Beth is afraid of spiders, and Steve, Steve sneaks up behind her and pinches her leg, making it seem like a tarantula is biting her. That, Carly Beth that, once that one, again. Run. That one's a little bit funny. <laughs> that one is a little bit funny because do tarantulas bite? No, they're they're as far as I know they're pretty, you know, safe. 
Yeah, I heard they can, I, I heard they can give you like a skin rash. That's about as yeah. As that's kind of what I understood, but I didn't think they were big biters. Uh, they, I just knew they were big. But I've definitely done like the hand spider thing. Oh, there's a spider on your back. Eh, that one's pretty tame. By the, yeah, that's sort of like they're like, oh, you got something on your shirt, and then yeah. flick your nose. worm sam- like, it's right up. Worm sandwich was worse. But at the, yeah, but at so this much- point, she doesn't need a lot more motivation. She's that's already true. she's, she's already very- crossed the line. She's she's very on edge, but it, to me, it did seem like he was kind of losing his his momentum when it came yeah. to torturing her. Well, when you're like so, when you're like ten, you only know about three tricks. It's like <laughs> hand spider, your shoes untied, <laughs> and and then just like push you on the ground. <laughs> That's the subtlety of like a ten year old trickster. <laughs> Sometimes they jump out from behind something. Oh, yeah. and shout Baba Booey at you. Yeah, it's a good one. Hide behind the hide behind the door and like let somebody come in the room. And you're like, bah. I used to do that for my sister a lot. Sometimes they walk on the back of your shoes. That's not so much oh, a that... trickster thing, so much as that's just you being a jerk. Just a jerk <laughs> but... thing. So... Why don't we just elbow 10-year-old boys in the face? Anyway, Carly, Breath... Carly Beth is very overcome with this. She runs away in tears, and it feels like, at least, that everyone laughs at her. On Halloween Day, she gets all of her money, and she sets off to the costume shop. Uh, and is distraught to find that it's closed. However, the mysterious owner of the shop allows her in, and she unwillingly stumbles upon a back room filled with the most hideous masks she's ever seen. So she goes through and she sees every single mask, and they're all kind of freaking her out, but she knows that they aren't really good enough, and then she sort of sneaks her way into this back room and finds just the most terrifying masks. I think the- I think we've talked about, did you ever have that experience as a kid, going to like the costume or Halloween store and being kind of like sp- spooked out by all this stuff? You know, I'm a person that gets scared very easily. <laughs> I don't do a lot of scary movies just because I'm not so much the person that's like, oh my gosh, but I'm just like, just kill them already. Just kill them already. Just kill them yeah. already. And that and that's not really fun for me or any of the people that I would watch scary movies with. Right. <clears throat> but I was also never really big into kind of freaky costumes uh, in that nature. And I also, uh, we had like a church haunted house where people would come up and grab you. So, I mean, I kind of, like, have this thing about less that the, the costumes would spook me out. Because it, it was more like, is there somebody hiding behind that pole? And if they jump out at me, like, how am I going to react? Right. And then you, punch, re- then you punch them in the throat and get kicked out of the haunted house. <laughs> well, recently, I was walking past the Madame Tussauds here in San Francisco. And a man dressed as a bush popped out from behind a trash can. And I almost kicked him in the face. Oh, that's, he, so, did he have like one of those ghillie suits on? Like one of yes. those? Yeah, and he was like, Rrr! and I was like, almost kicked him, but I was with my grandparents. And also, it's not right to kick people. So if any of you are thinking of dressing up as anything and jumping out from behind a trash can, I will not afford you the same respect that I gave to my grandparents and that bush guy, and I will kick you in the face. And you know what's really messed up? He probably didn't even work there. He's probably, no, he's probably I don't just think he some, does! some dude in a ghillie suit. jumping out and scaring people or you're on some like teenagers like youtube prank channel i mean part of me is not into people getting scared like a lot of pranks and tricks i don't think are funny yeah like i never enjoyed punked um see i thought i I thought punked was funny because it was like rich celebrities getting punked yeah i guess like if it was ashton kutcher just messing with like common folk i'd say that's (laughs) that's kind of mean you know I, yeah, I, was, I guess he was he was punching up a little bit. But it's like, oh no, my Jessica Alba's car got crushed, and she's all upset. Like, that's kind of funny. Jessica Alba's fine, because she's just like, oh, this is really annoying. I'll just go buy another car with my like 
copious amounts of insurance. money. Insurance. Right. <laughs> okay, we're way off track. I'm sorry. Get... So the owner is refusing to sell her the one she wants, but she's insistent. And and she she's adamant that she must have this uh, mask. And uh, what she ends up doing is just sort of throwing the money at him and, and taking it. She's super excited about the mask. She puts it on. She scares her brother. And her voice actually changes when she talks to Noah. And, you know, he's he's incredibly scared. But the mask won't really come off at first. Uh, it, it, it does finally let go. And Carly, Beth, and uh, Noah are unsure how she actually got her voice to change. Uh, and she, Carly, Beth says, I don't know, but I like it. So she's drunk with power. And she's super, super excited. Noah's incredibly freaked out. And, and Carly Beth is surrounded by so many people that are trying to scare her all the time that this is like the first time she feels really, really, really empowered. So she heads to the front door and she stares at the mirror for a second or two and sort of hesitates to put the mask back on. But while putting the mask on for a second time, the mask seems to warp and suck itself onto Carly Beth's face. It's horrifying. Yeah, it, it, that that scene was very very scary, um, and she dismisses that as 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 normal. And um, kids are so Carly stupid. Beth, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Carly Beth steal, then steals the plaster of Paris mold of her head that her mother made, and she goes in search of Chuck and Steve, determined to make them to make them pay. So she's out on trick or treating, but strange things start to happen to her. She acts like a totally different person. So Sabrina meets her and is dressed as a cat and they go trick-or-treating together. She ends up attacking her friend and choking her. It gets very, very surreal. Uh, She frightens young children. She vandalizes the neighborhood. She goes to somebody's house and and starts yelling at at someone's mother. Um, She's on a rampage. she is. She's she's incredibly li- and she's she's changed her voice. She's, she's all she's, just, she's all hepped up on the Halloween candy. Yeah, she's definitely possessed. That's a lot of sugar. And so she finds Chuck and Steve, and she just tears their heads off. Right at this yeah, point, she just completely destroys them. And she and she watches sort of in mysticism and horror as the mold of her face speaks, begging Steve and Chuck to help her. Steve and Chuck run off terrified and carly beth just sort of abandons the plastic face she's back at sabrina's house and carly beth is trying to remove the mask sabrina tugs and pulls at carly beth's sweaty mask but it it doesn't seem to give and sabrina says i know i'll just feel around for the seam for where it went on and i'll be able to leverage it off because of course she's tugging and tugging and carly beth is like this is hurting so much uh sabrina discovers that there's no space space between the mask and carly beth's skin it fuses itself to carly's face that is so like when you really think about that i hate the like stuff going into your skin yeah that's just all like not not even like a you know like a getting stabbed just like the i like the like ivs creep me out to an insane extent like uh i can't like i feel that way about parasites or anything yeah. like under this ugh. oh like you remember that scene in the mummy the Brendan yes. Fraser oh. mummy where the <sighs> beetles like in his skin ugh. yeah ugh. that's also not what scarabs do by the way no so don't learn any don't learn any entomology from the mummy movies even though they are good fun scarabs don't scarabs like poop they're like poop yeah they, they're, poop they're dung beetles. beetles yeah yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> they're dung beetles. that's just kind of dumb and funny <laughs> they don't eat flesh no <laughs> But yeah, like unless they're made of poop, I guess. Just the idea of like anything going under your skin. Ugh. 
Which I know is not what R.L. Stein really intended there, but I'm gonna. But here we but are. I'm gonna mac- but we are I'm products a, of his product. Yeah, but I'm a macabre yet squeamish adult, so here we <laughs> That's are. That's true. We grew up to be the goths that you know we are today. Rather, uh, and, and so Carly Beth's looking in the mirror, and she doesn't see her own eyes. She see diff- She sees different eyes staring back at her. She sees evil animal eyes that are orange and they're leering. And so she's sobbing and she returns to the shop where she bought the mask and finds the owner waiting for her because he knew he would, she would come back. And she's like, help me get the mask off. Please take the, the mask back. And the shopkeeper tells Carly Beth over and over the mask cannot be removed because it's not a mask. Oh, twist. It's a real living face. Ugh. He tells her that he created them in a lab and they were beautiful and as soon as they left the lab they slowly decayed and became hideous and repulsive and he calls them the unloved ones what a great metaphor for life in general yes <laughs> created and created so every... in a lab and then once you left you slowly become a hideous unloved monster there you go so <laughs> every so often a young and and, and young and innocent person who's kind of a jerk like carly beth finds one thinking it's only a latex latex mask and they put it on and the mask mask begins to become one with the victim's skin and the mask fuses onto them and it takes over their mind and the shopkeeper says the only way to remove the mask is to find a symbol of love or if you're in the european version it's a magic potion for some reason really yeah but if the mask is but if the mask is put on a third time, that's it. You're done. It's the final bonding agent. Which, three times is a very, very important magical principle, beginning, middle, end. It's a very complete cycle. Right. Well, and, is, um, and, and, it also, and isn't it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you know much more, like, in, isn't it in Wiccan, if you do something bad, it comes back on you three times yep, the, as strong? Yep, the th- the th- there's the threefold law of karma, and it and there's also the most complete number uh, in, in magic is nine, because it's three times three. There you go. So, yeah. So, it's everything is broken up into threes. Also, they look very nice. It creates some nice symmetry. Exactly. Who does? So who doesn't like three? One ice, it's not, one ice cream bar you, is great. Two ice cream bars is better. But you know what's better than two ice cream bars? Three ice cream bars. Or, or it's like you get three chances. It's just a nice, it's just a yeah. nice number. As she looks into the mirror and she sees the hideous, grotesque face staring back, Carly Beth begins to cry and scream, and she might possibly never be herself again. And it's really dawning on her that in order for her to try to, to scare Steve and Chuck, she's gotten herself into kind of the ultimate pickle. Unfortunately, Carly Beth's uh, screams and shrieks awaken the evil heads who have laid dormant. Uh, and they begin floating off their model heads and start to slowly, slowly fly at Carly Beth, which is the most terrifying thing to see. This they pers- this book has such surreal imagery. So much. Uh, they pursue her down the street, and Carly Beth realizes the mold that her mother made of her face is a symbol of love, and she needs to uh, that she needs to remove the mask from her body. She uses uh, the the head to deter the masks and remove the monster's face, and. She then returns home to her mother. And once she gets there, it's very much like Max at the end of Where the Wild Things Are. She drops everything at the door. She runs to her mother's warm embrace. And then Noah appears from the other room to reveal that he apparently has put on the mask and he cannot get it off. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. So there you go. 
Why mm-hmm. why did she keep the mask? This like horrible cursed <laughs> living okay. object. If we're going to make a list of all the dumb things the, that Carly the, Beth does, the, logi- the logical holes of a kids novel. It's not even okay. So I, I think we're I think we're ready to kind of like unpack this, right? Let's go for it. Okay, Carly Beth is the worst. The, uh, so uh, I mean, you do have to have a suspension of disbelief for any of these books. We're obviously not children anymore, and I mean, I'm a big fan of Goosebumps and have enjoyed a lot of things. This is one of the ones that I actually straight up didn't enjoy. See, I I will say this. Uh, I enjoyed it because it's a Halloweeny story, and I like some of the themes. But I will agree with you that Carly Beth is a very uncompelling protagonist. It it would have been yes, that's true. So I'm like, I would have preferred either a third person perspective or literally anybody else's perspective. Yeah. Um. Also, uh, Chuck and Steve are not her friends. They're terrible yeah. and deserved exactly what they got. And in the end, it, they make her out to be the meanie. And I'm like, she should have gone over there and kicked the and kicked their dog. Like, it's just, they're horrible. Yeah. And, and I know that this is sort of very of the time where there's this just, there's this period of time where I think 10 year old boys are almost encouraged to just kind of screw with girls. And this comes up in the show, actually, where they're like, he's like, we picked on her because we liked her. And she says in the gravelly, like growly deep voice, that's not some way to show someone that you like her. And I wanted that in Carly's voice, because that is an actually very good message. No, I, I, you know, I will say this in my own defense. I always knew that was wrong. So if I could figure it out when I was a kid, no excuse. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I know that it's very much a dated trope, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's and they were getting their comeuppance. And I do think that there's something kind of important about the, the message that revenge it, for revenge's sake is not always that right. good of an idea. Well, and that's I do. I do like that because, um, you know, Carly Beth, it is set up that like she's getting screwed over. Like people aren't very nice totally. to her and she's not really she's not bringing any of this on herself. She's just trying, you know, I think just the fact that she calls them her friends is like really sad you know yeah sabrina's kind of a huge jerk as well it's it's almost like Um, stockholm syndrome like i'll just call the people that mess with me my friends because they pay attention to me and no one else does so yeah like they talk to me but they don't treat me very well and then on top of that like and so i felt for her but also i'm like god you're really annoying no wonder they pick on you right but at the same time you know it, it is a good message like hey uh Revenge is still Stop. bad. Yeah, for sure. And well, and so the suspension of disbelief part was hard. So first I was like, this protagonist is irritating. And I did listen to the audiobook of this book, which I think might have Ooh. not helped. Did is it narrated by an actual kid? No, it's narrated by a young sounding woman. Okay, because I would have a really hard time. I I'm not a kid person, as I've gone on record before. Oh, like children are terrible. Like I'm not, I'm not like negative. I'm always nice to kids. I work with kids. I think it's great that kids come to library, all that stuff. I'm just not one of those people that like, you know, gets a lot of fulfillment from like being around kids. Some people love it. Some people, you know, get a huge charge out of like, just kids are great and they just love kids. I'm not one of those people. I could not sit through an audiobook read by a child. Yeah, well, so it was definitely supposed to sound like a child. So now, I, not only am I in Carly Beth's head, where I don't want to be, but I'm also hearing her voice, which I also didn't want. Yeah. 
So some of this is might just be like I'm super against it because I was so prickly and averse to that. But the the suspension of disbelief, and I mean, I get, they're all ghosts. It's a ghost story. It's haunted. I do understand, that, but the suspension of disbelief that I had with the mask transaction was so great that it really kind of ruined all of the major story for me. Really. Yes. Yeah, so when she goes in and she just finds the secret room and he doesn't right. want to sell it to her. Oh, no. Like that part I just couldn't buy. Well, see, that if, that kind of had that Ray Bradbury vibe to me of, of like the deal with the devil, you know, yeah. or like Stephen King did. Uh, I think it's called Needful Things. Um, yeah. There's a great episode of Rick and Morty where, <laughs> where, where there's like the devil running the store you know that gives out the cursed objects i kind of saw well, i kind of saw it as that or like or just use another goosebumps example like you remember in monster blood like the old yes. creepy shut down toy store with you know this crazy well, stuff and that kind of worked for me but in this case it was just such a false oh no don't it, it, it gave her more like her for her only brave act is to borderline steal this mask right would have been better if she actually stole it in my opinion but like it, it made it so that all of the agency was some in her hands. And so later I'm like, you're a mad scientist who made weird faces and is selling them in a toy store, but you don't want to like, I'm like, come on. It's a weird, it's a weird like line of work. This just, whole backstory just didn't work for it's me. It's like evil scientist who like makes evil living masks. And he's like, well, that didn't really work out. Might as well, well go open like a costume shop and sell real masks. I know, but keep I know. these well, like and, horrible and dangerous not, things on the premises i know a lot of the other things like a lot of times if anybody found anything that was like super super dangerous was because they stumbled across something locked right like they went in they they they, they, they pandora's boxed it this was a case of i'm gonna make a deal with a very reluctant rather boring devil who decided to really engage with you know went from being an evil scientist to being a capitalist <laughs> like right it just didn't... hey it's a tough economy everybody's gotta make a living <laughs> Even my even grand, El Diablo. My grant funding got cut, and now I'm a toy store clerk. <laughs> like it's just... That's that's a little too real. <laughs> so I mean, I, so I will say this though. Um, to me, this story had some uh, sort of Jekyll and Hyde vibes. But Very but I will so, but I will yeah. say this: there's a huge difference between those two stories because the whole spiel of Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> Is of course that it's like Hyde is his dark side. Like it's not. Yeah, it's it's in him the whole time. It's not an external thing, and like man has this dark side, and what would happen if we let it out and it'd be all destructive? Yeah, this this really like um, by being this sort of external force really kind of keeps her hands clean beyond beyond just the choice to like put the mask on. It's which is sort of like the weird narrative right, right? like when, when she was a sweet innocent naive little crybaby she, she was a, her ideal version and that's like the ideal that we should walk away from and oh good now she's a crybaby again right yeah there Versus there are some like, mixed messages there and and i think you and i talked about this kind of off air where you were talking about kind of the loss of childhood innocence and i think that that's really really important but she gets it back at the end and then with very little responsibility because she doesn't even have the responsibility to get rid of the mask which of course is how you lead into other things right and that's like the plot twist and i, and I understood that but it felt like there's just so many other ways like she could have like 
she could have dropped it and Steve or Chuck picked it up. Right. Like, it, it, there could have, there, it could have, like, kind of come around to something else. And, and I, I think some of it was just Noah's an innocent and now he's collateral damage because you didn't handle it. Right. But it's such a weird thing to apply to her in this case. No, it... Like, if, I, I, if she was a trickster the whole time... Right. And would have been like, all right, I'm going to get Chuck and Steve. I already made him eight worms. Now I'm going to like, you know, put, well, that's, do this weird mask. That's that what, would have worked better. That's what I've, exactly. That's what I would like to see more of is her like realizing she has this power and going sort of the more power corrupts route. Like she's like, yeah. oh, wow, I scared the crap out of those guys. Maybe I could go do this. Oh, man, she was always mean to me. Let me go like smash her pumpkins. And then like she really starts to build up in this mask is instead of just being like i'm in control and i'm just gonna make you do bad stuff it's like yeah do it do it do bad stuff you know we'll do this yeah where it's a voice in her head versus taking over her body right exactly and and so it, it ends up does being more of the it's like hey carly beth this is on you like you messed up like you you it's you know it's sort of the road to perdition not just like yeah. throw the mask on and then everything else is just sort of out of your hands it's like no, it's like you kind of take one step after another down that road and then maybe at that last second realizing like, oh my gosh, like I'm going this horrible, horrible route. Like I got to stop. I got to save myself while I still can. What- I also feel like, so R.L. Stein, these books of course are written for for women originally. It was the original audience and he always features a lot of female characters, which I really, really appreciate. Right. And he and he's never backed away from kind of the annoying older sister trope before, and it's felt weird that he was backing away from it now because it would have been a lot more interesting if she's like, "I like scaring my brother Noah, and I like picking on Chuck and Steve at school, and he he he, aren't right. I great?" And oh, and and then she would have had more of the gumption to be like, "I'm just going to take this mask, cool." And then she puts it like that would have been a much that would have made a narrative that made a lot more sense to me. Yeah, definitely. like that would have been you get you get what you kind of you reap what you sow. Right. This kind of like operated in a weird other place <laughs> yeah you, you do definitely i hadn't really thought about it but you do get a weird sort of mixed message about like what was carly best supposed to do like just keep being yeah. a victim or or just stand up for herself on her own or you know because because she, she's in a weird way she's sort of the good guy and the bad guy of the story but she's also neither of those in a weird way yeah Sabrina's a pretty lousy friend in a way that I kind of appreciated because I think that having been a 10 year old girl, I think all of your friends are actually like that. Chuck and Steve, like I hated them, but they made like I remembered those guys. There were always two in every class. Yeah. And then having an annoying younger sibling, I found her very relatable and I found a lot of things about her life very, very legitimate. She was the one character I couldn't quite get, though. Right. And she's the one propelling the story and we're there with her and I spent 121 pages with her and I'm like, I don't understand what motivates you at all. Right, exactly. And and so she's yeah, she ultimately ends up being this weird, you know. I mean she's the she's the victim of the mask, which I give her, and she gets caught up in this weird surreal adventure being chased yeah. by like horrible faces and you have a strangely uh involved mother who makes plaster of paris cast of her so children's the face thing was weird yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the symbol of love portion of the piece like i'm like all i realized was i was like carly beth's mother has depression <laughs> like I yeah was just like she's a, like, she has a little too much time on her hands when they're on when they're at school i know like 
you know like the pe- like the people who like had the parents that had uh screen printed crew neck sweatshirts with their kids faces on them oh my god yes <laughs> like, like 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 that parent that's carly beth's mother and i'm like she's terrifying she can be the monster like i'm like let me hand you all of the other people that could have been monsters in this book she she made other than the one we ended up with she made me think of like carrie's mom yeah totally just a little a little too involved in her kid's life a little too interested and i thought that was actually pretty topical because there was sort of that discussion of like what boomer parents were like and they and they talk about how they're helicopter parents right. and i think and and w- during the 80s it was like everybody was worried you were going to get abducted everybody was worried you were going to join a satanist call we were doing the war on drugs inefficiently like it was just sort of the whole thing and so this was sort of a kind of good commentary extension of that which i liked but yeah like carly beth's been raised to be a companion animal yeah so there's clearly some possible this isn't i feel like i say this every episode now but if you rewrote this for adults you could make this really messed up and scary it's so you terrifying could go into like, like the actual the psychology into of the, mask the mother super and the yeah. psychology of you know Car- carly beth and i mean i love i love the idea to like put a spin on it of um you know this kid puts on this mask and like becomes this horrible monster that's like killing people that sounds like a cool movie. I actually well, and- I saw a movie like this recently called Clown, um, and it was sort of an indie horror film. And this guy puts on this like cursed clown suit, which turns out to be the skin of this like trickster demon, and he can't get the clown suit off, which is really so- gross. Yeah, and then he and I like I'm like oh yeah that's great yeah that I would have been into the whole the whole like mad scientist thing we had a, kind of too much going on there. R.L. Stein loves he, mad scientists and he loves. He's a big fan. Him. Wasn't he like was was he was a teacher at one point right? R.L. Stein. Uh, I don't. We read his biography. <laughs> I know we did. I don't I, remember no, I think it. he worked. He like he was always kind of a writer. He worked at like magazines and. Remember, he worked at like the beverage industry magazine, and you you know what happened? He had a fifth grade science teacher who was a real jerk. Yeah, and he's and he's vowed to himself, "I will get my revenge," and he has during this entire Just series over and over. Maybe it's the same like mad scientist who like made kind made the see- evil camera and like did all right. that kind of stuff. Made monster yeah, you, blood. You, you've got the dad with the plants. Yeah, you got <laughs> all of it. He's like biologists, you know. Like, we we should keep like it. a running count of every like evil scientist that shows up. We should catalog the evil scientists, yes. Yeah. So why do you think this is so popular? Like, why do you think this became like one of the big goosebumps books? I think well, okay, so I think that it's it's very, very relatable. I think the original cover art is very compelling, as you said. Uh the the one for the US. I'm not so sure what was going on in other countries. I think there was that. I think also there it, it would have attracted a lot of um, boy readers because I think girls, at least from my experience, this is not all of them, but a lot of like fem, femmy girls were like, I want to be a princess or, or like Sabrina, I want to be a cat. And we didn't really get encouraged to do gross, gross masks. That's so true. Boys super were. And you still don't see that a lot. Like little girls no. on Halloween having just passed out Halloween candy. You don't see mm-hmm. a lot of little girls in, like, scary costumes. So I think there's kind of, like, the gender fuel of that would have drawn a lot of, like, young boys. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, mask, cool, I know what that is. And 
it's it's a very creepy story. The, the yeah. whole, like, the, the description of, because, like, nobody in it is super incredibly foolish. Like, Sabrina's like, I'm going to help you get this mask off. Let's cut it off. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm going to, I'll just feel around for the scene. Like, she actually has good ideas. And the pro- the most horrifying part is that there is no scene. Like, it's like, this right. is a very good, normal idea. This is a totally rational response that doesn't pan out. Like, that that's the real twist. Like, that's the fear. Right. And the the that like the part where it's like really connected to her and 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 she's she's kind of seeing clearly out of the mask is really scary. Like you know, I think that those parts were really freaky. You know, while you were while you were talking, I was just kind of thinking how many times the trope of like something on your face you can't get off has shown up. Yeah. Um, like man in the iron mask, the yes. face huggers in the alien movies. It's Those so it's so visible. It's not like you right. know. It's like if she if she put a mask on her butt, nobody would notice. That'd be a, that'd be a weird goosebump story. <laughs> um, <laughs> the haunted the... the haunted butt mask. <laughs> I I would have loved it when I was like nine years old reading these books. Though I'm not gonna lie, but like this is the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever read. No, like the haunted underwear. The underwear wouldn't come off. <laughs> it's pretty good. There, there's a great <laughs> so video sorry. game series for like retro games called Splatterhouse, and it's that's like that you're basically like Jason Voorhees, but it, it's like a mask, like a evil mask that's stuck to your face, and you're like killing monsters, and it's really gory. They're really they're good, they're good fun. But yeah, I mean, but I mean, just think about it. it is it is like a really upsetting idea just to have anything on your face totally. that you can't get off, you know. And there was a lot to work there. There were like a lot of characters that were actually very distinct. Right. Like, um, and there was a lot to kind of work with. And she she's very quintessential. Like I, I can see her her cul-de-sac that she lives right. on. And it, and it takes place on Halloween. That's always a big one. It launched in September just as everybody was coming back to school. Yep. Like it would have been perfect. The perfect end of summer, like beginning, like you know, I'm gonna work on my Halloween costume, yeah. kind of fuel. It would have been. It would have been really good push. No, I think I, that I think that's a great point. Is it's it's a fun Halloween story. Like everybody loves a good Halloween story set on Halloween, exactly. With Halloween tropes, uh, you know, I mean, we just love that kind of stuff. I mean, the Garfield Halloween special is so good. What's not to it's love? Beautiful. There's, no. there's a whole thing and about taking an... out your costume, a whole song, yeah. and ghost pirates, and all kinds of good stuff. Someday I will write a book called Vampirates. Vampirates. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Thank, you. I should, Thank you. I should steal that idea from you. Darn it. Darn no, it. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually, similar, I did read a story about vampires on a riverboat, like a book. It's by it's by George R. R. Martin, The Game of Thrones, but it's like oh. a non, yeah, it's called Fever Dream. It's pretty pretty decent. I recall mm, I read okay. it I read it when I was in high school so take that for what it's worth I thought it would be I was thinking about it last night so we're at the vampire ball and it, it, it's a proper ball it's a, it's a dance community so we were learning to waltz and it was a lot oh, of Victorian I'm, dances I'm, I'm sure all the vampire kids it was proper and romance it was it was well so there's the downstairs goth floor where everybody was just sort of like and it's very solo dancing and and then upstairs it was the traditional victorian ball so you could kind of pick which floor you wanted to be on and there was a lot of people that were definitely victorian era like vampires but there were people like us who basically the rule was you can dress from any period whenever you were changed so i went flapper 
Okay. And so did and so did my partner. But like we ran into like 1980s Lost Boy. We ran into a cowboy. Oh, very nice. It was like we had some. There was like a there was a colonial fop. Like we had a lot of stuff moving around. Like it was really really good. It was a lot of different time periods. Do you think? Um, do you think there was anybody there that was actually a vampire? Like, was there anybody that was a little too knowledgeable about like life in the 1840s? I mean, other than Matt, but like yeah. you know. See, I would I would have taken. I wasn't supposed to tell you guys that. <laughs> I would have taken like a UV flashlight and just like covertly like shined it at people's ankles. And just waited for someone to be like, ow, ow, that really hurts. And I'm like, <laughs> then I like whip out like Van Helsing crossbow. That would be nice. If I was a vampire, I would go to stuff like that just for fun. Like, I'd like bring my vampire buddies. Yeah. To... It, it would be like Hocus Pocus when Bette Midler goes to the dance party. Did you see that Bette Midler dressed up as her Sanderson costume. Yeah, she made a joke about Hocus Pocus too. Like this is a joke. Like, like my heart. Yeah. Could take it. Like this isn't really serious business bet. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 Oh, ha ha. So funny. Don't get, you do get that your again. chops on. She, she basically put a worm in my sandwich. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Before we go to break and start wrapping this up, I have a question and, okay. and I'm springing it on you so that I have time to think of my answer. Okay. So, next year, it's Halloween. Okay. You're going to a Halloween party. Okay. You put on a costume. Mm-hmm. And you go to this party. And this is a really involved scenario. And you're at this party, <laughs> and you bump into this person, and you spill punch all over the front of their shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's this person dressed as a wizard. Oops. And they get really mad, and you realize it's not a person dressed as a wizard. It's an <laughs> actual wizard, and he curses you. <laughs> and whatever your costume is, you are now that forever. You're like actually mm-hmm. that. What is the best case scenario costume for you? Lingerie model, because you could just put on more clothes. Oh, that's pretty good. It's pretty. Thank you. It's pretty good. <laughs> I like that I had that like so fast too. That's yeah. <laughs> but you also get like a coke addiction comes with it. Oh, well, that sounds exciting. <laughs> you're going to leave you're going to leave an exciting but short life, but you know, it'll be, it'll be a hell of a ride. <laughs> so, I did make that joke on another podcast. Uh, I was on an episode of I don't even own a television for their Halloween episode reviewing Tori Amos's horrible memoir piece by piece. Uh, in which I did declare that while hallucinogenics seem like fun, I was saving Molly for marriage. So, you know, I've thought about these things long and hard. There you go. <laughs> Do you know what my answer would be? What? Mayor McCheese. Yes, that is the best case scenario. I fold. No, I think I think mine would probably be also a wizard. I'd be like, yeah. I would also be dressed as like a blue robe with stars on it, wizard. And, Full-blown Dumbledore. Full-blown yeah, Dumbledore. and then this wizard... Would would do it out of anger, and then he'd be like, "Oh crap, I made another wizard," and then I'd be like, "Let's just be friends. Let's just be wizard buddies." And then you could Thelma and Louise and go on a big road trip. Yeah. And like, <gasps> oh my gosh, Bo, have we written the next great Halloween film? Yes, I think we did. Me and this wizard would both turn into owls and fly away and go to the labyrinth and hang out mm-hmm. with Jareth, the Goblin King. <gasps> 
R.I.P. R.I.P. So there, there you go. That's that's a weird thought experiment. I'd love to hear people's answers. Yeah, tweet us at Listener Beware on Twitter. Now, so I mean, here's the stipulation: it has to be something you'd actually wear as like a Halloween costume. You can't just be like Superman because you want to be Superman. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it'd be something you'd actually wear. You know, like but this is like best case scenario. You get the you get the long end of the stick on this one. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to hear. So let's let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up, and that'll be that. Sound good? Okay. Sounds good. Wizard away. Let's uh, let's go ahead and start closing the show out. Uh, Lauren pointed out on the break we really didn't talk about the episode much, so maybe we can just close it out by giving some thoughts on that. Um, like I said, I I have like two copies of this on VHS about three <laughs> feet from me right now. Um, I definitely popped one of those in to prepare for the episode, but um, this is I don't know. This is the one that like everybody saw. Like it just got yeah, it's, it, it's one of the specials. I think it's not technically like yeah. an episode. It was one of the specials. It's like a Goosebumps gateway drug. Um, over. I mean, overall, I the episode's okay. I mean, it holds up about as well as any of the other Goosebumps episodes. Yeah, I mean, we we've discussed that this is not like the the pinnacle of ideal television. It, it, right. This episode and then the one uh with the Tower of Terror. Yes. Was the or Terror Tower uh was the one that I. Uh, remember the most yeah yeah me um, too those two were the ones i saw the most frequently and i kind of remember her antagonizing the two boys and making them cry and like w- like saying that's not how you show someone that you like her and i really appreciated that scene but she is just as annoying in the episode as she is in the book i remember being really creeped out by the carly beth head more so yeah, than the it's mask. So scary which is i was like was, why wouldn't you just wear that that's horrifying it's probably one of the first instances in my life of being really creeped out by like signs of human compassion but being like really okay with like hey a monster face he seems cool yeah i'm like i want to hang out well because imagine if carly beth had just like gone as like a two-headed carly beth <laughs> like how scary would that have been that would have been pretty awful <laughs> it works well for michael scott though so <laughs> That's a really upsetting episode of The Office. Um, it's it's definitely one of those things. You know, we're past Halloween now, but if you want like a little spooky afternoon or something, it's worth a watch. I I enjoyed it. I liked the other the other evil masks that show up though. They're they were really terrifying. They're pretty yeah. pretty scary. I remember the effects like really well of them like sort of flying off the shelf and you know, and some of them are, aren't even like monsters. There's just one that's like an ugly fat guy. <laughs> like just this yeah, sad so, unloved fat man mask i want to talk about this because so the, the 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 shop owner is vaguely ukrainian like there's some, some sort of weird like stereotyping there i think it's trying to like oh he's a vampire i'm like no you need to you need to pick one and he like, and this is another instance of them casting like a great like kind of look-alike actor 
<laughs> to where he looks really familiar, and then you look through his his uh, like filmography, and you're like, I've never seen any of these things. <laughs> but you're like, I, you can swear you've seen this guy before, like 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 a Vincent Price reenactment yeah. conference, like he was there. So he's there. All of the, yeah, but there is there's some, the unloved ones, is what he says. And, and, and you look at it, and it, it is really damning, because it's just like, it, it, and, and kind of like, you have to be careful with that, because when you do too much of that, it kind of like ruins the, the imagination with it, mm-hmm. and then you, you actually are just insulting how people look. Yeah. <laughs> just, just an ugly fat man. <laughs> That's, I told you that And when was... you say, I'm the unloved one, as in, like, you are inherently unlovable. Like, that is ends up being the, the message that gets sent. Yeah, exactly. And then you end up in the back of a shop. <laughs> Laughing at a little girl as she screams. I have nothing to say to that, other than you're just very <laughs> accurate. I lied about the actor who played the shopkeeper. His name's Colin Fox, and he has two incredibly notable entries on his filmography, one, he uh, is in one of my favorite, like, short-lived TV series, um, A Nero Wolf Mystery, which is like a cozy mystery series that I just adore. Um, look it up. It's it's worth it. That that doesn't mean anything to, like, a 99% of the people listening to this. Uh, but if this does not make you drop your drawers, you don't need to listen to this show uh he <laughs> okay you can't just kick off listeners Bo. no he was in the disney channel original film phantom of the megaplex oh my god yeah and as who as who uh wolfgang niedermeyer yeah oh my god uh-huh okay if you've never seen that film you actually do need to leave that's I take back everything that's I've what i'm before. saying he's the owner of the megaplex you can't have my. You can't be at my party. You can't eat my popcorn, and you can't listen to my podcast. If that doesn't make you cur plots, you need to check <laughs> your pulse, lady. That's all I'm saying. So there you go. That's the haunted mask. Um, if you have any of this haunted mask merch floating around, you should throw it <laughs> on eBay. It. I bet it's worth a lot of money. Stuff that we want stuff it. that doesn't hold up. Yeah, there's like a creepy mug. If you send me the mug. And I can drink coffee out of that. That'd be pretty cool. So I was thinking... Oh, I saw something today and I thought of you. When you were telling us, telling me about that, like, uh, the Haunted Mask door knocker. Yeah. That talks. Somebody managed to wire their Alexa to their Billy Big Mouth singing bass. Oh, I, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But imagine, so it's the Haunted Mask door knocker just singing ABBA. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> That's the most terrifying. Dancing as, queen. As, as Egon said at the end of Ghostbusters, I'm terrified beyond the capacity for all rational thought. Uh, if you are terrified Mama beyond the Mia. capacity for all rational thought, um, there's only one cure, and it's more uh, listener beware. Uh, you can, yes. of course, follow the show. Um, probably the best place is facebook.com slash listener beware. Um, mm-hmm. We're hosted on SoundCloud, so you can go find us there. Though that might be changing soon, so stay tuned for some updates on that. And of course, uh, you can check out Listen to Beware and all of the other uh, coming soon quality programming from our new website, LazySharkProductions.com. Um, and just to give you a refresher, if you forgot from the beginning of the show, that's our new website. 
Um, all of all of uh, my stuff is going to be under that banner now, LazySharkProductions.com. Um, and you should check out our other shows that will be coming soon, the Cartoon Kids Club and 1001 or Die. Um, and, of course, um, the Patreon's there. So if you love the show and you want to light a little fire under our keisters to produce more content, um, you can sign up. And to help us get better uh, technology and better quality. And- yeah, all that, all that good stuff. And just, you know, um, stuff like this is very much a passion project for people like Lauren and myself. Um, We love to do it and we love to put out episodes and entertain all of you. Um, But, you know, host costs and all that stuff add up and um, and it it, doing that kind of thing really helps. And it really um, just shows us that you guys love what we're doing and want to see more of it. Um, So uh, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month and you just kick it our way and um, that'll feed right right back into it, um, into the whole lazy shark thing. Uh, and of course, you know, look to see more from that going into the future. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for another fantastic episode. Um, we got to do this more often. Absolutely. Absolutely. And good luck getting that horrible mask off of your face, which I've been looking at for the past hour or so. I know it's uh, probably kind of gross and uncomfortable at this point. Yeah, I'm I'm really really sweaty. That's okay. I've I have a gorilla. Suit. Oh wait, no, sorry. That I was just looking at your picture. Sorry. Oh, sorry. see, I've been wearing a gorilla suit for two weeks that I can't get off. <laughs> I keep walking down the street and freaking everybody out. So, <laughs> so if you see a gorilla coming at you, it's it's probably me, or the ghost of Harambe. No, no. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next time, if you dare. Mm-hmm.